Good morning. If at some time during the message I'm not speaking loud enough, just give me a signal and I'll try to speak up. I've been told sometimes I lower my voice, and I think it's true. So my apologies, I'll get that out there right ahead. Um, we're coming into the Christmas season, obviously, and I, I want to be reminded that though I've oftentimes talked to my family members about the true meaning of Christmas, friends and as well as family, oftentimes I've sought to share the good news of the gospel with them and they weren't uh, open in past times. But you know, um, these are new times. And they may be open. You never know. The Lord works in people's hearts. And at one time where they weren't listening, maybe this season they will be listening. So as we go into the, the Christmas season, let's keep, um, keep that on the top of our minds that really this is what it's all about. This is um, the reason for the season, if I could quote a cliche. <laughs> Um, as many of you know, I teach uh, people from different walks of life, it seems, at times. And I had a new experience that I've never had this week, and I want to share that with you and hopefully tie that into to today's message. <clears throat> um, during the week, Monday through Thursday, I taught right here, and I met this guy. Well, I, I know him. He's a student. His name is, well, let's forget his name because it's hard to pronounce. I asked him where he was from, what was his background, and he said that uh, he was Persian. Of course, I, it's my experience that when somebody says that, they're really from Iran, but they don't necessarily want to uh, say that because sometimes there's ill feelings toward people from Iran because of what the news presents to us, whether it's true or not. So I mentioned that to another person. They said, well, he said, no, that's not why. It's like I'm from Persia. Persia's bigger than Iran. Oh, yeah, I understand the whole Persian Empire thing. It's big. He goes, yeah, that's right. Well, it's bigger than Iran. I said, what? But I don't think that's the whole reason. He goes, why not? I said, well, Italians, they're not called Romans, are they? I mean, <laughs> when somebody says they're Italian, they're, no, I'm, I'm Roman. So it's not the real reason, but I like to get the point of view from different people from different parts of the world, especially in hotbeds, you know, where things are happening. And so we got in a discussion about the Lord, and I'm going to tell you about that a little bit later, and about what he believes. And it was, I, I like finding out what people believe. And I found out what this other person believed in a roundabout way Friday, because Friday I was out in San Francisco. San Francisco has some pretty interesting people. Not that we don't hear, it's just, uh, I don't know if it's because it's an international city or because of the culture of the city. Very interesting, and you never know what you have on the outside until you start talking to somebody. And um, we were there, uh, and I was there, and a floor covering instructor were there this Friday, and we were working in the um, San Francisco City College, a program called City Build, where they take in these people, and it's a whole program where they want to get these people funneled into um, a, a game, a, a, means of gainful employment. I think I said that right. They, want, they need a job. <laughs> and they're not used to working. And some of them, you understand why they're not used to working. Um, the entrance exam for a glazer is based on a fourth grade math test. 
and I had two people pass. And it only takes 70% to pass. So um, whether they're circumstances of in life or some things they've exposed themselves to along the way, for one reason or another, it's not easy for them to pass the test. But there was this one unusual guy. He, uh, his record showed that he had a master's degree. Actually, I was a little suspect because it said master of public administration. I'm used to seeing the word masters. And uh, he had changed his name at one time, but it was interesting because I asked him what his original name was, and he said he didn't know how to pronounce it, because he's never called that. I said, it says it right here on your high school diploma, you know, and then he gave me this long story. I said, okay, so you, you have a college degree, because yeah, I have a master's. It says master, but what in? He said, public administration. I said, don't you have to have a bachelor's degree before you get a master's degree? I got a bachelor's degree. I says, well, I don't have the paperwork here. It's not? No. Oh, I uh, must have grabbed the wrong one. Okay. So, uh, but, but this fellow was not unintelligent. He's a clear communicator. He seemed like he stood out above the other people, you know. Um, and, and we were going through the day, and it wasn't too long into the day that he mentioned uh, he, he started on this discourse about how the earth was flat, you know, and he went, and we, and we were sort of, I like to joke around a little bit in class, so I'm thinking, this guy's pulling my leg, right? And uh, he went on and on, he went pretty much in some detail explaining this, and I'm thinking, you got to stop right now. He goes, how come? I said, because in another two minutes, you're going to convince me that you believe what you're saying. <laughs> and the other students are going, He does. He does. And I, I, I had never, I mean, th he was proposing this argument like he was passionate about this. And, and this is a conspiracy they, that they think that they, they, they're making us think that the world is actually a, a, a sphere, you know. They put globes in the glass and all this. I'm going, okay, we, we got to stop, you know. And then at break time, I called a break just to get things back on track. He came up and he showed me this video and it was in defense of his position. And as it was going on, he's going like that. Every time I looked at it, he's going like that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm got, stop, you know? <laughs> so um, the director of the school came in. I says, I, he says, how's it going? I said, pretty good. I said, I just wonder about your vetting process. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? He goes, I said, this, do you know he believes that the earth's flat? He goes, really? I go, no, you don't understand. He believes the world's flat, you know. It's a disk, like floating out in space, you know, like a dome-covered disk. And he's pretty adamant about it. He goes, really? And then I started, I was, wow, I mean, I need to look into that guy. I looked it up online. Do you know there's a lot of people that believe that? President Obama mentioned it in a speech not too long ago. <laughs> it's called uh, Flat Earth Society. And they're serious. And this, this stuff is um, from 2014 and 15. And they're growing at about 200 per year between um, the United States and Britain. So I'd like to read this to you because it, it comes into play in, in what I want to talk about this morning. But I mean, this guy, he was really serious, genuine, a flat earther, they're called. Okay. Members of the Flat Earth Society claim to believe the earth is flat. Walking around on the planet's surface, it looks and feels flat. 
So they deem all evidence to the contrary, such as satellite photos of the earth as a sphere, to be fabrications of the round earth conspiracy, orchestrated by NASA and other government agencies. The belief that the earth is flat has been described as the ultimate conspiracy theory. According to the Flat Earth Society, their leadership, it ranks, its ranks have grown by about 200 people, mostly Americans and Britons, per year since 2009. Judging by the exhaustive efforts flat earthers have invested in fleshing out the theory on their website, as well as the staunch defenses of their views they offer in media, interviews, in media interviews and on Twitter, it would seem that these people genuinely believe the earth is flat. And they actually do. I mean, at least this fellow did. And if you, if you look it up online, you listen to them, they do, they believe that. But in the 21st century, can they be serious? And if so, how is this psychologically possible? Now, how are you going to look at somebody that's serious? I mean, he's straight-faced serious, and he's defending this. How are you going to look at a person like that? You're sort of wondering, aren't you? <laughs> You're wondering what else is beneath the surface that uh, might come up unexpectedly. Through a flat earther's eyes, first, a brief tour of the worldview of a flat earther. While writing off buckets of concrete evidence that Earth is spherical, they readily accept the laundry list of propositions that some would call ludicrous. The leading flat earther theory holds that the Earth is a disk with the Arctic Circle in the center, and the Ant and Antarctica is a 150-foot wall of ice around the rim. It's like a plate, right? NASA employees, they say, guard this ice wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disk. Earth's day and night cycle is explained, is explained by pos, um, pos, uh, it says, po, uh, positing that the, uh, the sun and the moon are spheres measuring 31 miles that move in circles 3,000 miles above the plane of the Earth. So that's your sunrise and your sunset. Stars, they say, move in a plane 3,100 miles up like spotlights. These celestial spheres illuminate different portions of the planet in a 24-hour cycle. Flat earthers believe there must also be an invisible anti-moon that obscures the moon during lunar eclipses, because they have to answer all these questions. Furthermore, the Earth's gravity is an illusion. They say objects don't accelerate down. Instead, the disk of Earth accelerates up at 32 feet per second squared, driven up by a mysterious force called dark energy. <laughs> They're serious, believe me. I met one Friday. Um, and I couldn't believe it. I, I, I couldn't believe that the guy was serious. Um, but all the students knew that he was serious, but the directors and the instructors, they had no idea. <laughs> it's amazing what comes out when you start talking to people. So you find it's very interesting getting to know what people believe. It might surprise you. So when I was looking it up online, I found this, uh, a, a lot of people believe this, and there's guys that uh, put forth uh, 55 reasons why and all this. Uh, what they've been telling us all our lives is just a fabricated lie. You know, the earth really isn't a sphere, it's flat. And the arguments this guy was talking, telling me was, look, the earth isn't spinning. 
It's flat. Drop a ball. Does it drop straight down? Yeah. If we were spinning, it wouldn't drop straight down. It would drop at an angle. I said, really? He said, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just processing this. You ever ride in a van? Yeah. Well, if you're sitting in a van to drop a ball, is it going to drop sideways or straight down? Well, that's different. Really? Why? That's a closed system. I said, and the earth's not. I go, oh, it's not? Because no. Okay. And besides, he said, gravity pulls things down. If the earth were a globe, all the water in the oceans would flow over the side and it wouldn't be there. And, you know, before we started talking about this, you would not be able to tell any difference between him and I. He was talking intelligibly and everything. I mean, even in describing this, he was using clear clarity in his, in his words. Um, he didn't seem to be loopy until words came out and they, you sort of have to analyze them. Like, am I hearing these words, you know? So you get online and there's this guy and he says, and he's, he's debunking this flat, flat earth theory and he does it without any citations. He's not going to cite anything. He's just going to talk about simple little things, you know? Um, and it's amazing. This guy used the, the, just the basic of simplicity, and he just blows all those arguments away, you know? And they're pretty elaborate arguments, and they got some pretty, you know, educated people convinced that, hey, maybe it is flat. But here's this, this guy that probably doesn't have a college degree. He's just making basic observations, and he's just blowing them away. I'm thinking, this is great, you know? It's like what Bill said. Bill said, the baby Christian can see more on his knees than the, the world's greatest scholar, unbeliever, on, on his tippy toes, you know? That's what it was like. But this guy, he was just convinced. He was convinced. So, and I tried to, I, tried to uh, I guess the words rationalize with him, you know, just try to get him to think, and he would have nothing of it. He just would, not, he, no, he just wouldn't have it. And so I'm thinking, how would, you, how would you talk to someone like that? What would you say? Just write them off, that guy's loony. Well, that's what a lot of people do. They just write them off, that guy's loony, you know? But he's, somehow he's sucked down this story, and he's convinced of it, you know? And, and, and no matter what you propose, you're the one that believes, you know, the lie. You're the one that's been duped, and he knows better. Oh, yeah, you want to vote. You don't, yeah, okay, you're trying to, you work for NASA, don't you? You know, so you have to ask yourself, well, what difference does it make? I mean, okay, so let's say the okay, oh, you're right, the Earth is flat, and I think it's a sphere. Is it going to have any difference in my life? Is it going to make a difference in your life? If everybody in the Earth said, okay, yeah, you're right, are you going to go? Ah, now I can die and go to heaven. Is it going to change anything? No. Is it going to change the way planes fly? No. Trains run? No. The way you walk? No. The way you drop a ball? No. That was a little dig there for him. <laughs> it doesn't change anything, does it? So really, it's an exercise in futility to try to sort that one out. But it's good to recognize where a person stands, because if they're a little bit off in one area, you don't know if they're off on other areas as well. Now, I'd like to contrast that with another fellow that I talked with, uh, the Persian fellow. Very intelligent fellow. We had a good time talking. But he had some strange ideas, too. Because we talked about the way things are going, you know, in the world. Um, you know, the terrorism. And, he, and he's looking at it from 
you know, somebody from the Middle East, from Iran, you know, somebody that's used to having bombs blow up people and stuff like that. And he's trying to help me to see what would it be like for you if that happened here. So I try to keep an open mind, but um, he thinks the world's problems are because of religion. Religion. Religion is the big problem. I said, really? Religion? It's religion, not what people believe, but it's religion, right? Yeah, it's religion. I go, well, he says, I, I, if everybody just lived like me, then we'd be fine. I said, well, then how do you live? Well, I just do what makes me feel good. I said, that works for you? He goes, yeah. I go, well, that'll only go so far. He goes, what do you mean? Well, there are some people in this world, believe it or not, that would feel good killing other people. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, their conscience would get to them. Well, you can't say that. You know, and we kept talking. He said, well, he didn't believe in God. I said, are you serious? You don't believe in God? No. And so that, he was a little bit easier because he, he wasn't off his rocker. He just believed a lie. Right? So we started talking about the order in the universe, the intricate order in the universe. And I used the watch illustration, you know, that I found in my backyard, marvelous conversion of minerals, composites that just came together and it functions perfectly. And of course, he thought that was pretty dumb. <laughs> and I agreed with him. But here, he thought everything just came into existence by accident. Then he started backing up and said, yeah. You know, he started backing up. But what's the difference between these two guys? They both believe something that's not true. But for one, it really doesn't make a difference if you believe the Earth's flat or the Earth's round, unless you're an astronaut, maybe. I don't know. But over here, the ramifications... Huge, huge. And I try to talk to people that don't believe in God, you know. Well, really? Some people hide behind this. Well, that might be true for you, but it's not true for me. Have you ever heard that before? You ever think about how silly that is? You know, gravity, that might be true for you, but it's not true for me. <laughs> Some things just don't work that way. You know, if you talk about how beautiful a picture is, yeah, that might work. Pretty for you is not pretty for me, but certain things, no, no. God exists or he doesn't exist. If he exists, he exists for everyone. If he doesn't, he doesn't exist for everyone. And what he says about certain things, if they're true, they're true for everyone. I was reading about these flatliners, and, and, and I got on the topic of, um, of Satan. You know that there's some people that don't believe in Satan, that he's actually real? Did you know that? The interesting thing is these same people believe in God. They believe in heaven. They even believe in hell, but not Satan. He's not real. Well, where did they learn about God, and where did they learn about heaven, and where did they learn about hell? They heard it from the Word of God, right? And that's how we learn about Satan, because <laughs> God tells us about him. So people's thinking, they're not really rational all the time. And it's so biased. Like this, this fellow bought hook, line, and sinker into the flat earth conspiracy, or what he thought was the round earth conspiracy, because he, he thinks he has the truth. He bought into that because there was something to appeal to him in that. Something that, that uh, latched onto him and wouldn't let go of him. And that's how it is when you share 
about the Lord with someone, predisposed. This fellow from Persia, he was predisposed. He, 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 he didn't want to deal with the whole topic of God. You know? And if you learn a little bit about his life, you'll, you'll understand why. We read in 2 Corinthians 4.1 that we have a ministry, okay? We have a ministry. What is our ministry that, if you know the truth, what is your ministry? I know the truth about the earth, and, and uh, it doesn't take complicated arguments to argue, argue for a spherical earth, but I don't have a ministry to go around straightening out these flat earthers. They can believe what they want. That's fine. You know, but eternity, where someone stands with Christ, there's a moral obligation. There's a ministry I have, because why? If you know the Lord and you know the truth, you have something very precious, a treasure in earthen vessels. You have the truth of the gospel of Christ. You know what comes after this life. You know that depending on what a person believes will determine where they spend eternity. You know that because God says so. You know that because you've believed it and you've owned that. And I try to be careful about the things I say. Um, how many people, I've asked this question before, maybe you don't remember it, maybe you do. How many people can say, can witness right now to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Eyewitness. Can you, can you say you're an eyewitness to the resurrection of Christ? Yeah. Got yourself, huh? That's good. Not an eyewitness, right? You can't say I'm an eyewitness to the resurrection of Christ. But there's something you can say, that you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you believe that he died for your sins on the cross, and that in Christ you're totally forgiven in a just way by a holy God, and since you've believed that, your life has radically changed beyond your ability to change it. That you can t I can testify that to my life. Since I believe Christ, my life has changed in a way that I couldn't change it. And the Bible calls that the power of God, the power of Christ. Conformed to the image of Christ. And, and, and it's continued to be changed. And it is being changed. And it's not being changed into something evil, something bad, a terrorist with weird ideas, or not even a flat earther, as if that really mattered. It's changed for good. And then my family members could testify to that. There's rational argumentation and proof for the veracity of the Word of God, for the Word of God being true. And if it's true for me, and it's true for you, it's true for everyone. Apart from Christ, no one comes to God. He's the only way that God has given the only name under heaven by which we can be saved, the Lord Jesus Christ, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he's done for us. You have that treasure. And if you know him personally, you know him. And you have a ministry, and that is to take that message to those that don't know. And oftentimes it's not going to be received. I could never convince this guy the earth round. I was just amazed at how strongly he believed it. And you know what? <laughs> to tell you the truth... I was a bit convicted. Here he has a lie, and he was trying with all his might, with all his heart, with all his passion, he could muster up to try to convince me that what he had was the truth, and it was a lie. We actually have the truth. And I wonder, have I lost the passion? 
Have I lost the drive? Have I lost the need or the sense of other people's needs that would drive me to that kind of excitement? I mean, everybody in the room thought the guy was off his rocker. He didn't care. <laughs> I can remember when I first got saved, I wore a jacket. I got it embroidered with these big four-inch neon yellow letters, Jesus Christ, the only way, John 14, 6. I wrote it, and you know, in California, you can write up the middle lane, right? I mean, between cars. So I was a moving billboard sign for the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I had it embroidered on, on my back at Acme Trophies, they didn't even charge me. Because they were Christians too, they said. I go, great. You know, I didn't care what people thought. I didn't care if people thought I was crazy. That's the truth. People need to hear it. And I'm wondering, have I lost that? Because with time, we tend to do that, don't we? We find so many people that aren't interested. We've witnessed to our family so many years. And pretty soon, we get this idea, you know what? I don't think they're interested. Why bother? And then we begin to look for probably some pretty fantastic indications that somebody might be interested before we share. Things can change, not for the good. And he was convicting. <laughs> and sometimes those that don't know the Lord, sometimes cult members, you know, I see people every Saturday knocking on doors. You know, I'm thinking they believe what they're doing, and it's a lie. <laughs> Do we believe what, what we have? That it's true? We know it's true. Obviously, God said it. But does it show in our life? We have a ministry. And as we go out, it's, it, we can be discouraged. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it's God's gospel, it's veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It says in Ephesians 2, 2 that Satan's called the prince of the power of the air. That's who he's talking about. The God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelieving. They're blind. They can't see. It takes God to open their eyes. And he doesn't do it apart from his word. The question is, are we sharing his word? This fellow was blind. He was blind. But, you know, he was trying to convince me of the flat earth. And I'm thinking... Well, if what he's saying is true, and NASA really does, really has fooled us, you know, and, and uh, the, the GPS and the photos of the horizon, they're all altered to, to fool us. I mean, this is a big conspiracy, right? Not that our government might not be beyond something like that, but <laughs> what's the motive behind it? Why? You know, and the only thing they can come up with, well, all the money that goes into NASA, it's cheaper to fool us and get all that money than give up the money. I'm going, eh, that's a stretch. You know, that's a stretch. I can't find a legitimate motive for trying to foist that on humanity, you know. But there is a reason to blind people to the gospel. Yeah. The Bible says Satan's... <laughs> Satan is the prince of this, the power of the world, right? He, the, the world is in his dominion right now, in a sense. And he doesn't want anyone in heaven. If you're the focus of God's love, he knows he can't hurt God. But if he can hurt you, then he can hurt God indirectly because God loves you. 
and he loves me. And he can't attack us unless God lets him. And God has made really the hinge on our salvation what we believe, right? What we believe. He's given us a free will to decide, I don't believe that, or I believe that. You see, that's up to you. That's up to the individual whether they believe. The best he can do is seek to distort the message. <laughs> you know, but it says he seeks to blind us. And he's got a motive. Not like the, uh, the Nassau. It, 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 he's got a motive, and that's our destruction. And by our destruction, hurting God. You know, we have an enemy. There is a motive to keep us blind, to blind us. And I'm thinking, I, you know, this gave new meaning to me. Because this guy was blind. There's no change in that about he, this flat earth as far as he's concerned. <laughs> you know, and he's going to take that to his grave, right? But the spiritual parallel is how people are blind spiritually. It's it was tremendously frustrating talking with him. <laughs> Tremend and the more I tried to convince him to think rationally, the more he just came, just was overwhelming me with his blindness and his arguments. And finally I said, stop, okay, stop, 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 stop. We're going to call a break. After break, this discussion is ended, and if you bring it up again, I'm kicking you out of class. You know, oh, okay, okay, okay. He's nice about it, you know. I had to remind him one other time. But uh, blind, frustrating. And in the end, I thought, well, it doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> He's not going to change. But when it comes to a person's salvation, where they're going to spend eternity, it does matter. We should seek ways to convince. And I'm not talking about uh, argumentation. You're not going to argue anybody to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to argue someone into heaven. It's got to be a person wants to come to know the Lord. It's got to be a person has to want a personal relationship with his creator. And if that's the case, all you have to do is point him the way right here. The Lord Jesus Christ. It's right through him. He died on the cross so that you can have a personal relationship with him. And he wants people to know that. That's our ministry. That's our ministry. It's interesting in the last days, there's verses that I, when I see things happen, I think of these verses. It says, um, it talks about in the second letter to the Thessalonians chapter 2, you know, there's people going around saying that the, Lord, the Lord's return has already happened, the rapture's already happened, or whatever, the Lord's return, the, Lord, the day of the Lord has already happened. And then um, Paul's correcting it. And he, and he says in verse 5, do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now. So he's talking about a restrainer so that his time may be real. He's talking about Antichrist. For the minute, and then it says, the minute mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. There's a restrainer of evil in the world. That restrainer, I believe, is the person of God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the world restraining evil. Well, there's one day where he's going to be stopped. He's going to stop restraining evil. And that's when the manifestation of the Antichrist will come. That's when the world will see a man arising, and he will be possessed by the devil. He will be the Antichrist. And then we'll get into the end time scenario. But I want to point out that the Holy Spirit restraining evil has been evident. And even now, I think we could see that he's rolling back a little bit. He hasn't been taken out of the way as the restrainer. But as we see these attacks, as we see violence increase, as we see lawlessness increase, it's almost as the Lord's given us a foretaste. 
Because when he gets taken out of the way as the restrainer, all hell is going to break loose. It's going to be anarchy in the world. There's going to be times that have never been seen in the face of the earth. And we're getting little bits and pieces. I think God has, um, has restrained evil in some places, some countries, sometimes more than others. And up till now, I think the United States has been protected in a large way. And I, I think because in a large way we are turning our back on God and the principles of righteousness that we find in the Word of God, God's taken away that protective hedge a little bit, just a little bit, you know. Saw what happened in Paris. You know, we see what happened down there in San Bernardino. That one day, that's just going to be a drop in the bucket compared to what's going to happen. You know, and we may see quite a bit in our lifetime. But the Lord's trying to let us know, I believe things are serious here. This is what my word says. This is where it's heading. What you need to be concerned about right now is where you stand with God. And when God brings us in the company of people that don't know him, like when I go to work, when I go to San Francisco, when I talk to people, that's why he's sending me there. That's why I'm there. My job, that's a secondary reason. I got a much more important reason to be meeting people and to be talking with them than about how to put glass in or aluminum in. And that, that's why we're still here. Because it's coming, and it looks like it's coming soon. And, it, and I think the whole world could see things are getting pretty bad. I mean, we think the big enemy's ISIS or ISIL or Daesh or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's not. You know, it's Satan behind it. It could be any system, false religion, any system of, uh, of lawlessness. And the purpose behind that is people die without Christ. If we know Christ, we need to take that truth to them, wherever God takes us. Maybe not God doesn't want you to go over to another country at this moment, but I guarantee you tomorrow you're probably going to work <laughs> or at school, right? And there's people that don't know the Lord there. Are we going to be as passionate having the truth to something so important? Are we, going to, are we going to let this guy shame us, this flat earther? I don't want to. And not out of pride for him not wanting uh, want to be shamed by him. But realizing the significance of what we're talking about, the two different things. This is eternity. This is heaven. This is the salvation of a soul. This over here. Who cares? Flat earth, round earth, doesn't matter. You know, that's all going to dissolve in the end anyway, right? So we have a restrainer that's still active in the world. Are we going to take advantage? Are we going to point at times where he lets things through? I, I guarantee you those family, they're thinking about things more serious than flat earth or round earth. Some of them are even thinking about, wow, where are my loved ones? Where's my loved one right now? You know, hopefully there's been people that have shared Christ with them and they know the Lord. Me? Take me out. That's the best thing you can do for me. You know, I know where I'm going. Because Christ died for my sins, I'm sure of my salvation. And it says in the end, even God, it says, this is an interesting portion right here. It says, and for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they might believe what is false. This is God does this. It's interesting. It says in the New King James, it says, God will send them a strong delusion 
that they should um, that they should believe the lie, the lie. It says, "This is the judgment. Light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil." I can remember my brother telling him about the end times. What's going to happen? And he says, "Well, when those things happen, that when I'll, that's when I'll believe." You know, oh, this Antichrist, yeah, well, when he shows up, that's when I'll believe. Not good, because then it'll be too late. My sister said that, too, you know. Not good. If you think that you're going to be um, thinking in your right mind, <laughs> when that happens, you're wrong, because even God will send a deluding spirit so that you'll believe the lie. Why? Because you had so many opportunities already. People have heard the gospel so many times. They've been... Um, They've been spoken to by people that just tried to convince them with the greatest, uh, with words of love, imploring them to come to Christ. Nah, nah. Until finally God says, okay, seal that decision. You made it. It's sealed. People won't, God doesn't promise us tomorrow. God doesn't promise us tomorrow. And so, so he, he seals their blindness. It's like Pharaoh. Hardened his heart until God says, okay, I'll strengthen that hardened heart. <laughs> you know, if that's what you want. God won't take anyone to heaven. He kept kicking and screaming that, don't, no, that doesn't want to go there. So it'll be like this guy. He's convinced the world's flat. You're not going to convince him otherwise. He wasn't always like that. He wasn't always like that. And so in the end, God, it's, it's a judicial blindness. And so we need to get, to get to these people, get to our friends, get to our family, get to our coworkers before that point. And if we recognize that it seems to be already at that point, well, there's plenty of other people. Don't let them keep you from getting to people that, that might be open, that might be open. It says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word, this is what the, the, the Apostle Paul said, that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified just as it did with you. See, that's why he left us here to spread his word, to spread the good news, to spread the message of the gospel. God offers salvation as a free gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay for it. You can't. Receive it as a free gift. You will know when it happens because your life will change from the inside out. He'll give you a new heart. It says in Deuteronomy, it says, I set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse, so choose life. That's what God says. So choose life. The choice is yours. The choice is those people that we work with. It, when you talk to somebody, it's their choice. Present it to them. Present the message. That's what we need to do. Especially this time of year. It's, it's so much easier. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you so much for your word and how true it is, Lord. Every word. Lord, how wonderful the message is and how rational it is, how it makes sense. And it's not like trying to convince somebody something absurd like, a, like the flat earth uh, theory, Lord. We just pray that we might be more zealous for the truth than they that are zealous for a lie. We pray that we might, as we go about at work, in school, in our neighborhood, as we meet people, help us to remember that you bring us across their path for a reason, that we might share the good news of the gospel with them, or at least sound them out if they might be interested, Lord. We pray that you'd help us to be faithful to do that, 
and help us, Lord, to regain any zeal that seems to have grown old and is stale in our lives, we pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.